the mood around this episode is definitely a lot better than the last one. I think uh, after getting our teeth kicked in by Buffalo, the mood, the uh, the episode. I know Andy, you weren't on, but no. the mood was definitely a little bit. Uh, how do I say it? Like melancholy. And then you know we had Carson Gates on. At least he he can brighten anyone's spirits, but it was definitely was a bit high. of a downer. Oh yeah, he was high in spirits for sure. Oh my god, it was awesome. But we right, every right to be. Grant and I though were a bit, bit of bit of a bummer, but that's okay. This episode's totally different. I mean, look what we can do. Yeah. Red Wings are on a three-game win streak, which I think. Uh, actually, no, no. The Red Wings had a five-game win streak at one point last year, I think. But then I think quickly followed it up with like a six-game losing streak. So, yeah, void parody. But yeah, welcome to another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham, Grant Wickham, and Andy. Oh, I haven't heard Andy say his name in a while. It feels good. It's been like a month. It's not longer. How do you feel, like Rusty? No, I'm just tired. We're <laughs> gonna have to pick it up. You're gonna have to pick it up. Oh god, pick up the energy. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a lot from you today. Yeah, it's a big. I want, I want you to pump our tires like Brad Marchand's pumping the poo jersey, poo, poo bear jerseys on Twitter. <laughs> you see, oh, I see that clip. No, I haven't yet. Oh my I god. Oh, so funny. Basically. I saw, I saw he, Elliot retweet it and I didn't look, click on it yet. Oh my god! So basically, he's getting interviewed and they're like, "What do you?" Th-? He's like, "What do you think of the, the guys?" Like, "What do you think of the jerseys?" And Marshan's like, "Well, we got a lot of twos on our team, but they're looking like tens tonight." <laughs> <laughs> Classic all-time Marshan right there. Oh my god, so good! I, I think they look sick personally. For something like, like that, for, yeah. For something like that, for sure, it's cool to see. They're so you bad, they're mean? good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we didn't talk think- about. I don't think we talked about the reverse retro in general last week. Grant, I don't about which teams the are. Red Wings. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. You don't yeah. like them? No, I like them. I don't like the the black stripes. I think if they would have stayed white, that'd have been perfect. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of perfect. It's not like going too far back because Andy hasn't been on in a while, so we actually can talk about it a little bit. I personally like. I think it's. I think it's mid. It's very mid, but. I like that they did something different. It doesn't look like a practice jersey like it did last year or the, right. the last time. So they're I the same jerseys as Chicago. That's the thing is I too yeah. many teams too many teams look a lot of like like even last night I watched a bit of the Carolina game. Those suck. and they those looked exactly like New Jersey's like like if New Jersey did like a third jersey or just updated their jersey. I did a. Like I did a ranking show on Q the Duck Boats podcast. Go check them out. But uh, I did give the Red Wings a five out of ten, which may be a little generous. But I was I was the lowest score on the show for the Red Wings. So believe it or not, that's that's pretty much where I have them. I, I, in my opinion, I, I would like love the, the old. Eng- I would have loved the old English D. That's like it would have been my go to. Either that or the uh, some spin on the 2014 Winter Classic. Yeah, that would have been real nice. Like a yeah. white version of that, like just the cream, and then you go red because obviously it has to be reversed, yeah. which I think is, I think it's dumb. Some some just, teams are gonna run out. Like Minnesota did the same thing. Literally, they copied copy and paste. <laughs> same thing. So I don't know. Maybe there aren't any rules. For me, it's just like we've Red Wings for as long as they've been around. They've only been red and white. So like, where's the black come in? You know? I yeah, know. I get it. I get it. I know everyone's kind of like the black is a weird one with the Red Wings as it's never been part of the jersey and people are sometimes there are people for it for against it. I don't know the whole uniform as a whole with like Larkin like uh, wearing it. I thought it looked slick. 
Yeah. But like the Jersey as, as a lone entity, I'm not a huge right. fan of either. Yeah. The whole getup is, is clean. I'll put it that way. Yes. Clean. Like the, like the diamond C was very cool. Yeah. I very like those cool. little touches. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we have a new sponsor uh, coming in the show. ESPN plus. Um, everyone can visit uh, inside the rink.com slash ESPN sign up for ESPN plus obviously a lot of out-of-market games someone like me lives in Massachusetts can watch all the Red Wing games besides when they play the Bruins thank you blackouts but again ESPN plus check them out um, yeah so as I alluded to three game win streak pretty good a lot of change because I mean we we're pretty uh, Grant and I were pretty down on the team last week a lot of defensive defensive issues, a lot of collapses, um, forwards not stepping up, guys not performing. This week, it really seemed like Derek Lalonde really took a grip of what this team is going to be. I thought this week was a really good build towards what he plans like the team to play as a whole throughout a season. Yeah, it's. I watched two out of the three games. I watched overtime last night. I was on the ice for my own men's league game, but uh, <clears throat> for the two games was against the Caps and then Islanders, uh, right? Yep. Um, they just seem more into it as like a whole system in the sense of like defensive structurally and then just trying to make things happen offensively, but not getting like too free-based, I guess. I don't know, freelancing. Yeah. They no, had a lot definitely... more structure overall, I guess, is how I'm trying to say it. Way better. Yeah. Um. I also love that going into Thursday, you were very confused during warmups as why they were at the Balfour Center. I completely forgot what was going on. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> we just get a text from Andy. Why are they in the practice ring? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's because uh, like that reminds me of like midget. Ho- oh, I can't say that. Um, U eighteen hockey days. There you go. Where um, when I played on the Canadian side, we had. Like a Zamboni breakdown on the, the our home rink, and we had it's a duplex, so we practiced or we did our warm ups on the old rink, and then got the Zamboni off the ice. We went back over. I was like, "This is literally what we did," and it's sixteen years old. What the heck's going on here? This is an. I thought it was kind of. I thought it was kind of cool to be honest. Like seeing like the like it looked like almost like the uh, the live bar and camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's center. literally what it was. Except, except I like. I really loved players. it too. That it was Ovechkin. Like it's the first. The first team that comes through is Ovechkin just warming up and with no fans. I saw I found yeah. that very funny. I love, the fella, go I, love all, I love how all the guys still went no bucket too. Yes. I love that. I love that for no fans. <laughs> um I did like the veteran guys and Sherat and Perron watching the uh the ninety seven and ninety eight ceremonies, but to start with that, I thought that was super cool to see yeah. them pan too. Um definitely a cool little ceremony. I didn't get to watch all of it, but I watched bits and pieces. Um Iserman handing the cup to Vladdy, very cool. Um, also, Vladdy shades, not gonna lie. Yeah, it's looking good. He seemed to really enjoy it, and that like makes me happy. As like obviously, Vladdy, like his health has been really publicized the past couple years in terms of Michigan state laws changing and his coverage being changed. But he looks to be very healthy and well. And I loved the video of also. I don't know if you guys saw him playing Uno with a fan. I did see no, that. I did not. Oh, crushing a fan in Uno, so funny. <laughs> Just he loved it too. He was really into it. I want. I'd. I'd give anything to play Uno with Vladdy. Dream scenario. Anyway. Yeah, dream. Yeah, <laughs> dream Uno game, Vladdy. Um, uh, no, I. This game was uh, 
definitely probably the the worst out of the three, but also I really thought they played well defensively. Uh, Vili Huso again out of, played out of his mind. Very strong game. Grant, what were, what were some of your takeaways from this game? A lot of miscues from the Hag and Lindstrom pairing in general. Mine are mostly negative, as usual. Weird. Um, Weird. They were pretty badly outplayed. Huso kind of stood on his head. He played He played amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was the end of Robert Hag and Gus Lindstrom's pairing. Yeah, thankfully. that uh, The Connor McMichael play. Holy shit. Uh, they shouldn't have won this game. No. If it wasn't for Huso. There's I thought they lots limit- of. I thought this was the coming out party for, um, the Sharat we were warned about going into the season too. He had a he had a rough game to, at some points. Yeah, this game. Um, I thought he struggled a little bit. Um, yeah, there's definitely still some defensive warts, but um, again, I liked that. I don't know, like the neutral zone play from the team right now. I really love. They're clogging up everything up the middle. Yeah. My biggest takeaway right now is defensively is just getting pucks out of the zone. There's so many miscues, especially with the first and third pairings on whether it's communication issues or just making a simple play instead of a complex play, like example, Cider. And then just dumb plays from example, Sherratt, Hag, Lindstrom trying to shove pucks to the boards when there's a better option. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. you spend an extra 40 seconds in your zone. That Lip, happened yeah. at least three times that game from uh, at least twice from Sherratt and uh, probably 10 times from Lindstrom and Hag. I wasn't really counting it. Like, they, the puck was glued to the boards. Yes. And as a winger, as a winger, that's the worst. I hate when you rim the puck when you have time. Well, because yep. you feel you, you feel useless. <laughs> Well, there's not much. There's not much you can do if it gets rimmed around your. Only David Perron, I, I can see consistently. It doesn't matter where you throw it on a stick, he can get it. Yeah, yeah. Like even so, like if you're if you're stuck like as a winger, if you're stuck on the boards, you have to use your feet to like kick up to your your stick, but then you're still flat footed. Yep. And then if not, it's a suicide pass if you go to play for it, and the mm-hmm. D pinches on you. Like the best thing to do would be like if you're on your off wing and you just chip it off by the D if they don't pinch the boards, but they're yeah. pinching down on you, but they don't pinch off on the boards. Like just get it, just get it over the over the D zone blue. Yeah, and that's just, all, and it's it's a, such a I don't know like a useless play in my opinion. It's a waste of possession. Oh, like it if, is you, 100%. If, if, if if you're in trouble, absolutely. But like if you have that extra half a second, make to make a good pass. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there were positives though. Um, uh, Grant, I know Grant likes to focus on the negatives. Um, I will like go into his negative a little bit with uh, it's very indicative to Lindstrom and Hag as a pairing, but Gus Lindstrom over the past like three games has only been averaging like thirteen minutes a night. That's yeah. uh, that's n- very little for a defenseman. That's not good. Like a bottom pair right. defenseman's around like the sixteen seventeen minute range. Right. A normal in a normal scenario, so that's four minutes less. Even Jordan Osterley, too, is at about 14 minutes since he's drawn in. So, I don't know. It it, basically, it really looks like uh, the coaching staff really does not have any trust in the, the, the bottom pair. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of led into, Grant and I talked about it last episode, of Ben Schrott playing too much. Because he's averaging around 22 minutes a night. Without, like, another... I mean, basically, you're, you're relying on four guys to play the majority of your game. 
really relying on one. Yeah. Like, yeah. really. And if he's has an off night, which, I mean, he's human, he's going to have off nights, you know. Right. It, it's not great. I mean, it's still, like, better than what we had last year in some ways, most ways. Most but, ways, yes. God, most ways, but, like, still, it's... It's a step in the right direction, but it's still frustrating to see. The defense is definitely definitely is still a work in progress. Yeah. Still a work absolutely. in progress. Um, what I have liked, though, across the, these three games, and we'll talk about it more, but, I mean, it kind of started this game. Um, I really, I'm really loving the top unit of the power play. Yeah. Kubalik, uh, I'm going to talk, we'll talk, we'll wax poetic about him for a while, but that that play with Raymond is so smooth. Because Kubelik just draws so much attention away from himself, like a, like away from other players, in the sense of he's such a shooter. They're yeah. like, all right, we're gonna focus a shot here where he can just zip it down low. And I liked, like, I think Prashant Iyer pointed out on Twitter about how this is how the modern day net front should be used, instead of a guy who just sits, instead of as a guy that just sits there in front of the net. It's all situational. It oh, depends I, I, what kind of power play unit you're running. This one, yeah. yes. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But I'm I'm saying for right now, like like a modern day power play should be more movement like this, and more active. And this is what a mod like. Obviously, the old school would be like a just an umbrella. You know, guy on the move top, move the puck around the perimeter. Yeah, move the puck yes. around the perimeter. Get a point shot. Maybe draw a guy for a one timer. It's very vanilla. This one's Washington got a lot Cap- of movement. Washington Capitals power play to a T. Yes, and their power play <laughs> in the past couple of years has not been that good. Even uh, yeah, I mean yeah, cider. One, I mean cider blocked a big ov shot that looked like it stung. Yeah, that's that was definitely probably not that probably didn't feel too good. Didn't tickle. Didn't tickle. Um, Andrew Cop also got his first in this game. I would like to comment on the power play for a second. Okay, we'll go back to um, later. Yeah, I'd rather. Um, <laughs> so big thing that uh, that needs to be talked about more. About this power play, it's not Kubelik or Raymond. It's David Perron is the horse of this power play. Um, last year, puck would roll around the boards, and a person would be able to corral it. Whoever's on the on the half wall or whatever. There have been so many times where he's gotten handcuffed on the half wall with like a bad pass or like even it clear from the opposing team that he is just magically held in the zone and then with pressure like you're told to press a guy once they get put in a bad position where they're handcuffed especially on the boards on a power play so penalty killers pressure pressing him right away and he is so tough on the power play like getting a puck from and that's what generates all the offense so yeah. literally, yeah. I I, would, I credit most of the success on this first unit to David Perron. He's the key. And even if he can't, if he doesn't have a clean play to like make a play off the boards after he catches like a handcuffed pass, he pins it long enough where Dylan Larkin or someone else can come support him yeah. very smartly. Yep. And like the uh, credit to those guys too, because again, it takes movement on a power play. Because a lot of times, people like Red Wings of last couple of years are very stationary. Guys sticking to their positions and not moving and supporting, which leads to obviously easy outs for the penalty kill. Yeah. And that has been something. Obviously, what's, I mean, Elf in the Room, the second unit's literally not usable. It's garbage. 
It's very bad. It's very bad. I mean, uh, we saw Austin Zarnick playing the power play on Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, say enough. as as Grant said, like it's not even just along the half wall; it's all over the ice. He keeps pucks alive. Like there's a couple times where he had floated up back up to the point because just like the way the it was shifting, and like the puck was bouncing. Like he soccer kicked it to himself and dropped it flat on his stick, on his stick, and just back in. I was like, holy shit. He gives me my Thomas Vanek vibes, which is which just puts me in such a good mood. Yeah, yeah. but it's t- yeah with the hint of with his puck protection and stuff like that. Oh, he's better than small. Thomas Vanek, but no, no, no but small. Thomas Vanek is one of my favorite Red Wings of all time. Yeah, but I'm saying with the hint of uh, of Datsuk with his puck protection is like small yes. little area plays. You yes. know. Yeah, he's very, he's very, that's... he's very strong on the puck. You, it's definitely the like the playoff miles. You can see like the way he plays. It's yeah. so well suited. Uh, no, I, I, got, I, I got I got a bit of a, f- a funny tweet for you guys too. That's okay. just it might bring you some laughter on this mild Monday afternoon. Um, it's from Ben Pope of uh, the Chicago Blackhawks Sun Times. It's a uh, ex Blackhawks points so far this season. Uh, Dominic Kubelik fifteen points in twelve games. Dylan Strom, 9 points in 13 games for Washington. Kirby Dock, 10 points in 12 games for Montreal. DeBrinkit, 9 and 11 for Ottawa. Brandon Hagel, 10 points in 12 games for Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it would be nice. It would be nice to have one of those guys, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Cooper League tech- technically is on a 102 point pace. I think yeah. I think it's I think it's sustainable. I think so too. Yeah. And we'll talk about it more in a little bit, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Chicago. <laughs> thanks, Chicago. Um, that's about all I got. I mean, again, yeah, Cop gets his first, which I mean, greasy, greasy one. Definitely one. I really love the work from Ernie on this one, though. Getting it deep, getting it out front. I've actually really, I should shout out Adam Ernie. I've liked his game. Again, he's playing more so like 2020, 2021 Adam Ernie, not 2021, 2022 Adam Ernie. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's playing a he's playing a shit ton right now. Yeah, but they're using him the right way. Yes. It's not a point of playing him on the first unit of the power play and sending him out for offensive zones. Every other shift, offensive zone shifts. Um no, he's playing. Right he's playing a nice. He's playing a good role, and I've I've liked his game a lot. So I'm happy. I'm happy for Adam Ernie, as as like as, as someone as myself who counted him out and was like I, I could see him just being a scratch, for a good portion of the start, and he's proved me wrong and should not be out of the lineup anytime soon, to say the least. Should not be. Um. Yeah. Cop gets his first. Uh. Again. Yeah. Greasy. But hey, nice to nice to get it. Uh. I've liked his game of late. Especially his past couple past couple games, um, but yeah, I'm happy for him. Obviously, is uh, we invested a lot of money into him, and it's nice to see him start to produce. Um, you guys have anything else from this game, yeah. the Washington game? All right, moving into the oh, island. Really? Grant and I were kind of talking about it. Um, I think it was the last episode about who we'd start. Maybe it wasn't the last episode. But maybe it was off. No, was it the we, were... we call we we're on the phone about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of talking about who would be the ideal starter. Because, I mean, obviously, you kind of want to back-to-back. Both goalies are going to play. Huso has been really good. And 
you know, maybe he should get the easier game. He's earned it. But also Ned's been struggling. Maybe you try to give him the game at home as he's played a lot of road games. But uh, they go with Huso. And I got to say it paid off. I mean, again, he was great. I mean, had a lot less action than the Washington game. I mean, he went 24 for 24, which uh, second shutout. Um, but I think that was he's the fourth goalie in Red Wings history or fourth fastest in Red Wings history for goalies to hit two shutouts in there, like since joining the team. So that was pretty cool. A lot of old names on there that I didn't really recognize. So I can't really yeah. name the other ones. But yeah, Philly Huso, he's been he's definitely getting the starters treatment. And that's what he should get until further notice. He's proven it. I mean, like we said in that Washington game, he's saved our bacon. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he was the reason why they went, they came out with the win that game. And then, I don't know, just he's taking the reins behind the net and between the pipes, in my opinion. That's <clears throat> all I'm going to really comment on that because I could be here for hours. He's such a calming presence. It's It almost seems like the team mimics his playing style when they play around, mm-hmm. especially this game. Like, Islanders didn't have anything. This was yeah, complete. Really. We played. We played Islanders hockey against the Islanders, and won. And won three nothing. It was in like Fugue was very Fugue was texting me the whole game. He was very upset about um, the lack of the lack of push from the Islanders. Uh, yeah, very very funny. Um, no, we also got a first line Pew Suter, which I uh, I didn't think we'd see this year. I didn't think we'd see it, and uh, I gotta I was say, hoping we didn't. I was hoping we didn't, but he's performing pretty well. Performing he's like we well. like we said in the chat. He's a guy you can plug anywhere in the lineup, and he's gonna do. He's gonna try to do his roles to his best of his capabilities. I know Leafs fans don't like this comparison, but he's the Red Wings version of Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, mm. better yeah. defensively. Kerfoot's better offensively. Yes. But in the sense of he can play anywhere in the lineup is kind of my point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I agree. I can, I can I agree with that. Yeah, I, it's not it's not I, direct I, like stylistic comparison. Yeah. It's more it's more so just like like the roles they play are similar. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. He's I mean, more like a he's to me he's more like a Ilya Mikheyev type of guy. I think the the Leafs get a lot more usage out of. Kerfoot than the Red Wings do suitor. Probably. Like Kerf, denying, Kerf, Kerfoot's more missed in a lineup if you don't have him rather than suitor missed in a Red Wings lineup. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he, he played all 82 last year and he's played, I mean, he played all but one this year when you scratch. So maybe. maybe. But really Kerf, not. Kerfoot's not going to be scratched, though. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, I mean, they, they literally kept Kerfoot over McCann. Yeah. I mean, I which is which is a ridiculous decision in a whole, but I'm just saying that's how they value Kerfoot. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. In a vacuum. Yeah. They decided that he was more valuable at the time. But, uh, yeah. Kind of going into the rest of the game here. Um, I'm really liking Lucas Raven's game right now, and he's really getting engaged physically. And I mean, I thought he had. A couple games at the beginning of the year, he was a little bit slow. Um, but recently of late, I think since he's really started to found his game in the power play, he's gaining more and more confidence. And I mean, look how engaged he was physically. I mean, laying out Matt Barzell was definitely not on my bingo card for Lucas Raymond this year. 
No. He crunched him. That was a good hit. And of course, all hell breaks loose. And I mean, I I kind of get it, but also it's just like it's so stupid in Neanderthal that like he gets jumped for that. But also it's a momentum thing of the Islanders not wanting the Red Wings to get anything off that hit. Yeah. That's their so, that's their superstar. So Yeah, I get it. You know, I get it in a way. Um, but no, I yeah, I love that. And he was all in everyone's faces this game. And he converted in the power play yet again. Same play. Kubalik down. It's it's automatic right now. It's very nice. Kubalik is I should give him more credit for his playmaking ability. Cause again, I, I we maybe put him in a box a little bit too much to start the year of in the sense of he's a perimeter player with an insane shot, but doesn't do much else. But what I've yeah. seen early what I've seen early on is he's a really good four checker. Decent passer, like I wouldn't say he's a great passer. It's not like the first part of his game, but he's he is underrated in terms of how the media and hockey experts portray him. In even terms us. of playmaking, even, <laughs> even I mean, how I we, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't call us experts, but <laughs> right. But even how we portrayed him at the beginning of the year, yes, we definitely yeah. put him in, pinned him into a box a little bit, and he's definitely exceed all expectations. Um, yeah, Q Suter also scores a shorty. He's our shorty guy. Yeah, he's the go-to in the short, short, and it was a weird play in the sense of, I mean, you had Zach Parise that just drilled Lucas Raymond from behind, and then uh, Varlamov had to go to um, concussion protocol. Surprised Raymond didn't have to go to concussion protocol to be honest. That was face on helmet. Yeah, that looked like it hurt. I mean, it looked like like in the replay, like you could see his neck being red. So maybe he was more so, and then like almost knocked the wind out of him a little bit. But I don't know. I thought looked like he made face to face contact on that. And the one Which, angle definitely looked like it. The first sure. angle looked like it, but this like it was the second or third. It kind of looked like he missed him. It was more chest. Which luckily, because I mean that could have been really yeah. bad. It was a definitely a careless play by Parise. I know you want to clear out the front, what a, but I was gonna say what a bonehead play. Like if you're gonna clear out the front, like not onto your own net. <laughs> yeah, that was goalie. really stupid. That was really <laughs> stupid. Cause it took your goalie out and your your best goalie who's coming coming in cold. And one of the best goalies yeah. in the NHL. And then, of course, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know if he needs a confidence boost or whatever, but I mean, he lets in, I think it's like the first or second shot he faced. Clear, because it's a clear cut breakaway. Yeah. He didn't play his angle great there. I mean, Pew Shooter should not be scoring short side shots. He's also, breakaway. yeah, coming in dead cold. I know, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's a really tough position to be put in. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I, I'll cut one of my favorite goalies in the league a lot of slack for. Having a bad angle on a breakaway. Oh, he's fan- He's fantastic. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think. I think. I think Elias Sorokin is probably right now a top three goal in the NHL. I agree. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Close. I mean, I, I don't know. I looked close. I looked quickly at the <laughs> Calgary Islanders game. I haven't checked in a couple minutes here, but the shots were. I mean, oh, they're twenty eight to twenty to ten right now. They are losing three to one. But granted, the second period's not even over. So yeah. he's definitely a big piece to what the Islanders are working with there. And the Islanders were coming in. They were coming in on a five game win streak and the Red Wings shut them out. Yeah. That should not be. That was a tough team. And the Red Wings yeah. handled themselves quite well. Yeah. The Islanders got off to, well, especially compared to last year. Like it's last year, I think it was just kind of a one off, to be honest with you, just through all their situations. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but they, they got off to a hot start. A pretty hot start. Well, a really hot start, actually. But then coming in five in a row, just the Wings played a solid game. 
again. Yeah. Throughout, like shut them down. They they played their they played the Islanders hockey against them and beat them at it. So I did like the I did like Cider and uh, Sherratt's game this game, and also I mean Mata and Heronic. I mean I, I think I I shared the money punk um, chart. They were 14th in expected goals against. I'm pretty sure in the league in terms of pairings for shutdown, which is pretty impressive. As like we we've talked about it for a little bit now on how we were really hoping Mata could rejuvenize or re- rejuvenate, not rejuvenize. I'd I combined vitalize and juvenate. <laughs> that's my new name. That's my new word. Uh, yeah, re- rejuvenate Philip Ronick's game because the past couple of years have been it's been down for him. He's looked lost, especially last year. Last year was bad. Yeah. This year so far, I've really liked Ronick's game. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit biased with the handlebar mustache. I that's am. a mean. I, that's I a can't mean. stay. I I can't give an honest opinion on Philip Ronick right now. He's my favorite player in the league. He's <laughs> the best, I, I best I'm player a, in the league. He's I'm a little favorite. biased, I think, right now. But that's a mean muzzy. <laughs> He's the best, best check player of all time. So, I've yeah. never seen. I've never seen him without a beard. I don't think besides when he was first drafted. So I was really thrown for a loop when I saw that. That was unbelievable. I know. Really, I made, saw his... really made me chuckle. I literally saw him wearing like his jersey and everything, and they they pan to like he turns around. And I was like, "Who the hell is that?" And then it's like I was like, I can still know it's like I know it's Ronick. I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" Just trying to just trying to process and you're processing your head. You're like, is yeah, that my girlfriend is that... goes, "What the hell is that?" It's a handsome guy right there. That's what it is. That's that's what I said. That's Daddy right there. <laughs> Zaddy. That's a yeah. It's gonna be Ronick's just gonna get a new uh, jersey. It just says Daddy on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. We also had uh, Kubelik score this game again. I mean that release. Everyone's kind of. I, I was like listening to a couple other like shows today, like involved the Red Wings, and they're talking about that shot. And they're like, "Well, it's not a not a great shot." I'm like, "On the contrary, like the goalie was expecting." the pass and Kublik was able to release it in a fashion so fast that he didn't have time to react and just got it over the pad under the blocker, which is such a hard save for a goalie to make. It was almost the perfect shot. If you will, it wasn't yeah. anything like it wasn't anything extreme or anything. It wasn't like a, he absolutely fired it, but it was just the perfect release. And that's all uh, it's half the battle in the NHL. And we've kind of talked, like I, I talk about this all the time with like Jeff Merrick mentioning like teams needing like, that guy who can score off one shot. That's Kubalik. We had Verona and we lost we lost I mean lost Verona right now his absence, but Kubalik is filled in and he's kind of that guy right now. Yeah, I was gonna kind of bring that up. I was gonna talk about it off air, but we're talking about it. I for Kubalik, I think the Verona absence is kind of a blessing in disguise. I don't know. I mean it's hard to tell because like Lalone has been shuffling lines like crazy lately. Mm-hmm. Like they're all at least like uh, putting players in different spots lately. But I don't know if he would have had the same exact. I don't think he would have got the power play one. I don't think he would have got the yeah. power play one time. Uh, right. I still, I still think he'd be in the top six because I think he was the when Bertuzzi went down, he immediately filled in with Larkin and Raymond, right, in the New Jersey game. But I do agree that the power play one thing I don't think would have happened. Yeah, that's and look how much of a rev- like a revelation he's been on the power play, and that's something Grant and I like we like we talked about as well in the season preview. It's like he needs to be utilized on a power play. Yeah, and, and his numbers dipped last year. I mean, if you look at his power play points last year, they're garbage. 
He barely right. played on the power play. I think he had like four or five power play points. Yeah. I so hear he, has, he already has four or five power play points. This, I'd say he has more than that this year already. Yeah, he's got to be up yeah. there. <laughs> so, him and Perron are probably leading the team in power play points. I know Perron definitely has to be. Larkin's going to have a bunch. Larkin, Larkin's yeah. been really good on the power play too. I will yeah. give him credit for that. That whole top, so. the top unit as a whole has been. Although even when Sunquist was there, having that righty flanked with Perron, I think is the big thing. Because mm-hmm. Perron, he loves that little, like he just keeps passing it back and forth until he sees something out of the corner of his eye yeah. and deems that it deems that he needs to go cross eyes. It's insane how like my attitude since Perron's throw, thrown a Red Wings jersey or signed the contract has changed towards him because I used to hate him just because of how good he was, like I said before. Yes. Now he's like my favorite player to watch. Like I just, <laughs> I, 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 every time he's on the ice, I smile. I'm like rosy cheeks. I'm all warm inside. Yeah. It's, it's a complete 180. No, yeah. The, the Red Wings really, their, their free agent class so far has been really providing a lot of value so far. I think there was that graph of few, I mean, it's probably out to date now, but I think the Red Wings were, in terms of new additions, they were outscoring everyone else in the league, but they also had the most additions. Yeah. So it's... should be, should, you know, be expected. And, the two of them we're talking about are on the power play one. And so, you know, that there's that too. Kubelik definitely, definitely a factor. Definitely yeah. a factor. Uh, yeah. It wasn't really much else to this game. I thought also, yeah. So Robert Hag came out this game. Uh, Jordan Osterley came in in a limited role. Cause I, I did say both games that Osterley played, he played around 14 minutes. I did like his game. I thought he kept it too. simple. He kept it yeah. simple. I mean, comparative to Hag, I thought it was a lot better. Giant upgrade. So, uh, I would be if I'm Gus Lindstrom. I'm a little bit worried. Come sometime this week. And Zadina goes went down too. Yes, yeah. that is a good point. I was gonna. I I would have remembered how, like later on, but you are doing my job for me, so thank you. Yes. Um. But yeah, Gus Lindstrom. I'd be a little worried when Jake Wallman comes back because I think Oshley might stay in. To be honest, but we'll see. We'll see. Yes, uh, Phillips and Dion blocking. It was a whose shot that he blocked. Was it a Pollock shot? Yeah, I believe so. Was it Pollock? I think it was one of those two. I don't know. Oh my god, Pollock can absolutely rip it. That's yeah, not fair. That's not fair. Instantly, instantly, as soon as he took it, I was like, "That's not good." Yep. And uh, there's not been an official word yet. It will be sometime <laughs> tomorrow during morning skate. But uh, considering that Lalone has used the term "months," is never good. Right. As coaches just absolutely hate giving timelines. So if he's just willy nilly throwing out months. Well, he said that he believes uh, they're pretty sure something was broken. Yeah. yeah. They said something was broken. And I don't yeah, want to put words in there. You know, I think he, I think I, I think he said that. That's, too, that's pretty much verbatim what I saw on, on Twitter. So, yeah, I know. I think it was on Sunday's broadcast. I think Ken mentioned that he thought it was like six to eight weeks. But again, I mean, I don't know how he would know that off without like a press release. But again, definitely not. It definitely long term. And he's the Phillips, team doctor. He, he, oh, that, I mean, yeah, he wears many, wears, <laughs> many, wears many hats. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah around good for, for Ken. Good for Ken. Uh, no, for Phillips Adina, I mean, very tumultuous start to the year. Uh, again, it's such a weird topic around Red Wings fans. You either love his game or you can't stand him and he thinks you think he should be in GR. It's it's such a weird uh thing. And I obviously like he had a he had a pretty solid preseason. I mean towards the end I think he tapered off, but then I don't know what what happened the rest of the time. I mean nine games, zero points. He has not looked good. 
There's no, no really. De- there's no defending that. Like, there's been games where I think he's looked okay, but overall, he's not doing himself any favors. To anyone saying though that uh, the Red Wings should just trade him right now, I mean, I think that's a little bit hasty in the sense of the Red Wings. Steve Eisman did commit three years to him. I think he's three years, deep- and you're not, you're not going to get anything, especially him being injured right now. Yeah. You're not going to get anything for him. No, I think he's deemed the Red Wings have kind of deemed that in three years they'll have a better idea. And I mean, obviously they could trade him like he's on a pretty cheap deal if someone mm-hmm. wants to take a flyer on him. But I think they're comfortable t- sitting this out. I mean, one point eight million is not a huge cap hit to have, like if you're going to scratch him, let's say. That's right. fine. He, he needs to be better. And this it's at the point where I was Zadina. I'm like, if you're like, obviously, I hope he gets well and he comes back and he's fully healthy and I want him to succeed. But if he doesn't, I mean, that's that's on him. That's on him. He's, right. he's been put. He's been putting plenty, plenty of scenarios to succeed, and he hasn't. He hasn't taken the bull by the horns. He's not finishing. Uh, he's losing assignments. Like that's been Lalone's biggest con, like con against him has been his. He's losing his assignments. So definitely, uh, it hurts because I mean, in the loss of Bertuzzi and Verona and Sunquist, he's been a guy who's been getting more of an opportunity. He hasn't quite. Yeah gotten you know he's never taken the bull by the horns and really took any leeway from it um i know zarnik was called up and he wasn't called up for zadina but he did fill in on the third line on sunday but i don't know grant and i grant you we talked about this a little bit but do you think like this would be a scenario where you call up bergeron mm, i guess it kind of depends on what you're looking for you kind of brought in zarnik for that feel of a more of a checking line, I guess, if you want to stay on the offensive patented, like, 12 forwards, you're going to have to bring up Berger in. Yeah. I mean, it just depends. Like, I don't know, is, is first line Pew through something you want to continue to roll with? I know it's worked, but maybe a top six spot opens up for Berger. Not necessarily <laughs> saying he's top line, but... It also depends spot- on, like, timelines of Bertuzzi and Sunquest, right? Because you don't want to bring up Berger in for a game or two right bring up burger and you want him to play at least like eight or something yeah i'd say say minimum five to six minimum yeah yeah you're not just it's shitty it's shitty for a young player to have to go up and down especially when they're lights out right now in the ahl like he's got seven points in five games i think six i think but yeah seven he just had a three-point night. I'm pretty no, sure. No, six, six games. I mean, that's what I, that's what I meant when I said so he's seven points in six games. Okay, that's what I meant. I just look. I just looked at it. That's why. Okay. Um, because that's how I also know that Taro Hiroshi's got ten points in ten games. So good for Taro. Again, I, I know people are like cool, roll their eyes, but I mean Taro could be another option too. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, he's he got signed and he filled in a little bit last year, and I thought he looked okay. Um, he, again, he was better than some of the guys that we had up in the big club. Oh yeah, last year. You know what I mean? For and for the small stints he's had, yeah. he was I thought more at least I don't want to say serviceable. He's more impactful than Ernie was last year. Yeah, exactly. More reliable too. Also could help with the power play. The second unit, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, second unit, yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. For for a guy who can create space and time. So I mean, maybe that's another guy too you look at as a more of a scoring guy. But again, uh, Zarnik is guy who's played a lot of NHL games relative to AHL guys and could be a decent option to fill in. I mean, he played, I think he played 18 games with Seattle last year. So I don't think it was that many. Was it? It it was, I think it was, I think it was that many. 
Um, but yeah, it will be interesting. I don't know. I thought, and again, Bergen coming off injury and like you said, with timelines and stuff like that, something definitely to be weary about. And because again, I, I do like the point you brought up with not bouncing guys around too much, i.e. the Dennis Chalowski treatment. Mm-hmm. That dude, that dude was a yo-yo. He didn't eat like the, the trip from Detroit to Grand Rapids. He didn't even have to, he didn't put it in Google maps at all. He was, he was just going, going off he was, of memory. He was Tesla mode, except for he was the, he was like driving the car. <laughs> he did blindfolded. It was six yeah. games with Seattle last year. 11 with the Islanders. That's what it was. It was, I'm sorry. I, it was so 17 games total. That's yeah. why I messed up. That's right. He did. He did he spent a huge chunk with the Islanders. That's right. Um, Yeah. So that will be I'm I'm curious to watch. I mean again, they keep saying Sunquist is day to day, and I really don't know if I believe that, considering he's not skating. It seems like a really weird thing. What what even happened to him? I can't remember. It was an upper body thing. I remember it was the Devils game that he really sucked. And that's when Lalone kind of Lalone again, he is way more than Blashell in press conferences, which I really appreciate. He was like, Yeah, Sunquist did not play good, but he's also fighting something. Right. And he hasn't yeah. played since. So that's been five games, I think. And they keep saying day to day since then. It's been whatever, a week and a half, I think. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks because he's been he was really good when he was fully healthy. I really I thought he was very impactful. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. He was he Especially was guy. depth guy. Huge depth guy. I mean, yeah, the third line was awesome. Right. Soder Soderblom and Rasmussen. And I mean, since then the, the line's been kind of mixed around. But yeah. Um Definitely, awesome. <laughs> the the blend the blender has been out a little bit, and I mean I don't really blame yeah. it because considering the injuries, it's it's really hard not to have the blender going. Right, with people dropping like flies, some absences, and yeah, it's. I mean, he's doing he's got his hands full. He's doing a fairly decent job, in my opinion, really good job for what's been left for him. Hundred yeah, percent. I got to I got to get going, boys. I'll talk to you guys later. It's stable now. Feels good. Yeah, get rid of some of the dead weight. <laughs> it's, it's only it's only glass half full. It's glass half full now. It's great. Yeah, we're ro- rosy eyed or rosy cheeks and sunflower yeah. glasses. Yeah. So let's uh let's talk about the back to back. Because I mean, I was kind of counting this one as a scheduled loss personally. Yeah, me too. Kind of like I didn't like tune in because I was playing, but I also wasn't really planning on tuning in. Like five o'clock yeah. on a Sunday game is kind of sucks, and there's two of them. But Sunday night football and all that. But um, but yeah, no, came out with a dub. Yeah, I did. I missed this one as well. I uh, three year anniversary with the the oh, misses. Right. Click miss the miss right now. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, yeah good dinner, and I was you know shame shamefully just checking my phone under the table <laughs> quite a bit. So you know, thankful for Emma to deal with my shit. But hey, yeah, a few more there. years, they'll be used to it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, no, I was expect. I'm like kind of the reason I'm just like oh, cool. I mean, like they're probably gonna lose. It's probably gonna be their shitty game, so I'm not gonna right. miss too much. But uh, no, they came out and I don't think I was like I wrote it down in my notes, but I don't think the Red Wings won two back to backs all of last year, and both for back to backs this year we've we've gone undefeated. Right, which is impress. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Like it's I mean, yeah, that's. Very and it's, it's tough too going into New York, which New York's a good team, and home ice, their barn, you know, yeah, 
I know Sunday games are sometimes weird, and I know the Rangers have kind of had like a whatever start, but they're a good team. They're it's basically the yeah, same team, same team minus Andrew Kopp and Ryan Strom, and they added Vinny Trocek and Halak from the and Halak who had a rough start to the year, but he played out of his mind this game. Halak has notoriously been like one of the best one B goalies or backup goalies over his career. So Except when like, he was better than Carey Price, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Um, no, I mean, it was kind of a weird one because, uh, I mean, from all accounts, like Lalone was talking about how he felt that the team should have been in a better situation than down to nothing after the first period. I mean, Zibanejad's is automatic on the power play. Yeah. I think he has seven yeah, goals. If, if, I, think I listened to something. It was like he has seven goals in the year and six of them are on the power play. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. The Rangers, the Rangers then, if they have issues, it's their five on five scoring. I'm pretty sure. Um, the stat even went into like this might be wrong. I might be okay. just making this up, but even in preseason, I think he only scored one goal that wasn't power play. Which I mean, it's preseason, whatever, right? Like, it's like a weird. I, 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 I like again. I say that in a negative connotation, but also like you're putting the scenario to score, and like you should score. So good, like you need to score somehow, right? And yeah. also like uh, it's the same thing with like empty net goals. Sometimes people count those as like empty calorie stats. But also, like you're put in the position to defend, and you end up scoring. So, like that's pretty cool. You know what exactly. I mean? So it's kind of it's kind of like, do we take that away? Do we credit them, or do we take it away from them? I don't really know. I kind of end up following, and just like it's a point. You know, like it's kind of yeah. the same. The, the only stat I don't agree with is if you pull your goalie and you get scored on, that shouldn't be a plus minus. The plus minus. I 100 percent agree. That's BS. That that should be just like a a power play or penalty kill goal. Like you know, get scored yep. on. Yep. I, yeah. 100%, I 100 percent agree. Like most siders. Plus minus last year was really bad because of that. Because the Red Wings pulled their goalie all the time last year. Yeah, they, and never converted. Never exactly. converted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, this game was pretty great. I loved seeing Matt Luff get on the board. Yeah. That was cool. Uh nice little tip off a bench rot shot. Our um, college player. Yeah, with the the visor. <laughs> the I mean, cage, yeah. I've liked his. I mean. He's definitely like a, a slower player, but I've liked his game. I think he's played pretty well considering in a in a depth role. Yeah. And he I mean he's played plenty of like NHL hockey. I mean, he played quite a bit with Nashville last year. I think he played like twenty three games roughly last year at the yeah. NHL level. So I mean that's a good chunk. As a guy who can be your fourteenth, fifteenth forward, I mean, I'm pretty happy with him. Considering yeah, he's, it's hard to uh, hard to critique that. It's a, he's an organizational player, right? Like right. organizational depth. Yeah, I said that right. Perfect. You're um, good. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's and obviously two way contract, cheap money. So I yeah. think I went. I wouldn't say he's like like super exceeding his contract, but he's doing very well. He's playing up to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, he's right, providing if, value at the NHL level. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the better way to put it. Because yeah, how and I was the, looking at it was stupid. The gift that keeps on giving <laughs> is Pew Suter on the first line. Yeah, he's. I guess, like we said, he plugged. He gets plugged in, and he might might not be like the best guy or the guy you want there, but he does his job. He does his role. He knows his role, and he does his thing. He sticks to his game plan, and kind of creates a little chaos out there. And that's why I found it so weird. Like the beginning, like the first game of the year, when he's in the press box. Yeah, and more especially, so than Zadina, I think I was like, really, I was like, really because yeah. he's so he's such a useful, especially in the penalty kill. He's been a guy who's been really good in the penalty kill. And I'm like, well, really? Like just... he's... I know it's a different coaching staff, different 
scenario, different year, but played in all 82 games last year. That has to say something. Right. That, that right. has to speak for something, right? 36 points, too. Like, that's pretty solid. Like, for how for a middle six guy? Were, yeah. Yeah, yeah how... he was. I mean, granted, he was a second line center, but 36 points on the Red Wings last year wasn't that bad. Exactly. And for, for like, how bad the Wings were last year, for him to not be scratched once just to try and change things, something up. Yeah. Like, that has to speak to something, in my opinion. So, like, I agree with you. Game one, when he was in the press box, I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah, and also, like, it's hard for a guy to switch up the role so frequently. I mean, he goes from playing, like, 10, 11 minutes on the fourth line to all of a sudden he's playing 16, 17 minutes with Larkin and Raymond. I mean, that's a big big jump. Yeah. That should be credit to him. But, uh, no, really nice finish on... A good three-on-two play where saw Horonic, Larkin, and Suter all right in front of Halak, banging away at it. So that's, I mean, yeah. credit to them. But I mean, looking at the shots and stuff in the, um, just the overall five-on-five pressure, it looked like the Red Wings outplayed them. I think Lalone said something about the, the Rangers only had one chance in, in the second period. I don't know if that's like terms of like a high danger chance or... Yeah, I'm not sure what the um I'd assume so. I would just the qualification was to that, but again, he's been listening to him, he's very analytical with how he talks and like he loves to talk about giveaway and takeaways. Like he mentions like like in a good defensive win, he'll be like, Yeah, we only gave the puck away like twenty three times tonight. And I'm just like, it's crazy yeah. you just know that off the top of your head. Like just right there. It's just well, how it's... his mind works and it's it's kinda it's refreshing a little bit how like forthcoming he is. Forthcoming and that's what that's how that's what he knows because that's what Tampa is based off of, right? It's puck possession mm-hmm. and turnovers and high danger chances, turnovers and high danger areas, you know, good ice, bad ice, blue lines, you know, all that stuff. That's reassure it's actually really reassuring to see a voice behind the bench. Not just any voice, actually the head coach that cares much about all that stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, look at the neutral zone too. So the Red Wings, like the past three games, transition especially. transition games, been really smooth and clogging everything yeah. up. Like the one, the one, it's almost like a one-three-one, honestly, versus a one-two-one. It's a really, it's a really like a deep one-two-one, if we want to call or one, right? If we want to call it that, but um, really clogging up stuff, and it's it's allowing like especially I think he credited like the Rangers for being a good uh, rush team. I take away your rush game just like that, clogging up the neutral zone. If you can't get anything going like that, you're yeah. not able to get going unless it's like an egregious turnover. Uh, and the one, the, Wings- the one thing I'm happy about this too is like how they're clogging up that neutral zone. It's not, I mean, they, they do get stationary sometimes, but it, for the most part, it's fluid. It's not just a strict, strict stern one, two, two, or one, three, one, or whatever. They're right, you know, guys are jumping in, pinching off, helping a guy lock a guy off and then the other guy comes back and fills in for him. It's fluid. It's not boring early 2000s, late 90s devils, you know, oh, that's, hockey. Yeah, that was that's tough. Islanders. Yeah. Islanders now, yeah. I didn't want to say it. I mean, did, it's okay. He's fine. He can take it. Yeah. He can take it. He's fine. He's a big boy. I had a question earlier that I didn't get to get in. This is off topic, but it's based that's on fugue. Does okay. he think uh uh, Varlamov is terrible. Or who's yeah, Varlamov? Does he think he's terrible? Does he think they're really, like he likes their he think... tandem a lot? He loves Sorokin. Sorokin's great. He loves Sorokin. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's why I meant sorry, Sorokin. Does he oh, think he Sorokin's loves... terrible? No, he loves Sorokin. Okay, because that's the only goal he actually likes on planet Earth. 
Yes, then. one of the we've few. come to it. So we found one. Yeah, we found one. No, he likes okay. he likes Sorokin. I mean, who, how can't you? I mean, his save percentage is literally outrageous. Well, he also thinks that like Vasilevsky is terrible, and <laughs> I don't know. He's uh, such a nerd in the sense of like stylistically, <laughs> of, like how he like views goalies, like how they go down and stuff. I think he had, like critiques about Shesterkin too. I'm yeah. like, shut up! I'm like, shut up! Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. I don't know there's like some purists like that where like they really love like how like goalies actually position themselves and how they handle saves and whatnot. I'm like as long as you keep the puck out and like I don't know that's how my my okay, extensive Mike... goalie knowledge is. Yeah, see, like I don't know, like to my to my extent, then did he love or hate Carey Price at his peak? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd have to ask because because really he he to me. No, this is coming as a forward, and like this is way off topic. Sorry, guys, but it's to me, he to me, if I had a guy like a goalie like that behind the pipes, I'd trust him so like solely because yeah. he was so calm, nothing shook him. Some fans, some people hated it because of it looked like he didn't care, but to me, I would love that because you know what? There's a guy back door wide open. Oh, I'm just gonna slide over here and pick it up, you know, pick it off. So this is but, what we what's what we in the business like to call full circle right here, right? Exactly. So I'm going to bring it back to the Red Wings. All Grant right, and I have been I Grant and I have been pounding the drum like for a little bit now. This is Billy Huso right now. Yep. yep. Not Carey Price, obviously. Don't ask. Yeah. But stylistically, <laughs> this takes me back to like the Jimmy Howard days, like Jonathan Bernier, even when the Red Wings were really, really bad. Jonathan Bernier was calm. Mm-hmm. A guy that doesn't get out of position too much and he bails you out. Like Billy Huso is. He very much stylistically a calm goalie does not get out of he uses his size to his advantage and gets in front of pucks versus chasing a puck, which Nadalkovich sometimes has a bad habit of chasing chasing the the play. Uh, I did I want to credit him though he had a good game against New York and it was a perfect like really nice bounce back for him. So I was happy to see him actually put together a nice game. Right, and again I'm still full on the Billy Huso starter train for a little while now but um yeah i did i i'd obviously i want both goalies doing well that means ready yeah to win more games personally i'd like to see this is what i wanted to mention earlier because i don't want to rip on him i like him but ned just needs to find his way again yeah. and i hope he does i hope he does i know i i think he will um even if you he can just seems... be at, like you know just like average you know, like a nine yeah, ten, like nine oh five, like that's pretty respectable in the NHL these days in terms of right. how the uptake in scoring. Yeah, but I mean, Billy, Billy Huso's nine forty one is probably not gonna, you know, be last there. yeah, it's not gonna last. <laughs> right. But I mean, nine twenty goalie is a it's very very good in the NHL. This if days. you have a nine twenty and a nine oh five or nine oh three, even a, whatever. you're in a very good position. <laughs> exactly. I think the league average save percentage last year was nine oh four. Oh, which so, seems yeah, really which seems position, seems crazy, yeah. But like, also, you had teams like Seattle and New Jersey that had really bad team goaltending, so that's what really brought it down. Yeah. Uh, and the Red Wings, even the, they well, had below average. But I mean, Nedeljkovic was at nine hundred, and Grice was and at there was, ninety. There were some games where, like, what Buffalo had, like the fifth string goalie in too, where yeah, there's some mean, tough games. Like, like, like there's some there's some teams that had like a, a ECHL guy coming up. And, I'm pretty so. sure last year was broke the record for most goalies used in a in a season in yeah. the NHL ever. I think because so. of, I well, mean, large, large part of COVID and stuff like yeah. that. But also, yeah. again, it was it's a, it's a fact. Um, yeah, I mean, going into to finish off this game, the Red Wings pulled out a point, which I was just thrilled about in general. It's getting overtime, right? But pull off the dub. I mean, David Perron 
that sequence in overtime where he almost scored the sickest goal I've ever seen. With like three guys so draped all over him, he like pulls it through his legs and he's falling and he backhands it into like the into Halak's face. Like if he would have scored yeah. shelf there, I would have lost it. <laughs> would have lost it. Uh but no, he draws a penalty. They go to the power play again, slows it David Prawn's money, slows it way down. That pass to Kubalik was so dark. slick. A dark. He knew exactly where he was going. He's Man, right, that was... right through Truba's triangle. That was Chris Kyle pinpoint accuracy. And I say that with the utmost respect. Veterans Day is coming up. Yes. That, that was a millimeter from his, from the, was it Truba, he said? Yeah, it's Truba's triangle, his, the, I think. From, from his toe of his skate. Yeah. And it was a pinpoint pass. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sorry if that comment was a little That's harsh a- out there, but yeah. Like, you know, you get my point. <laughs> it's a little aggressive. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Yes, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I 100%. And Kubelik just stick on the ice, easy deflection in. Didn't even need to shoot it this time. Just deflection no, he, in. It was perfect. It was like, uh, it reminded me. It's a Chris Kreider goal. Yeah, well, that, but his stance reminds me of like that one kid in high school that like can skate and comes out to play like hockey at the outdoor rink and he's just like holding his stick up in the air like this. That was his celebration. That was Kubelik's celebration yes. for half a second. He's like, well, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god. Just two hands yeah. straight out, arms like whatever, and just straight legged, hands up in the air. You know the Red Wings are in a good spot when Lucas Raymond's not one of the four guys on the ice for the power play in overtime. Let's yeah. It's a good spot. And also, really? I mean, you think about it, you think about it like when people are healthy again. I don't think it changes. That forward, I don't think that changes. No, you have, a, se- you have mean, a second you have a second unit of Bertuzzi, like Verona and Raymond and Heronic. All right. In this in that scenario, it might change in the sense of where Perron will be off because he was just on and drew the penalty. Right. right. But, you know, like in that sense, but they'd be right back out there. Overtime power plays are so much different in the sense different of like, though, yeah. usually it's all possession. And usually even can, overtime can, in general is all possession. It's not yeah. that much. It's like, not as much skating as you would think. Not like when it first, three on three first came into the league. Like the opening night was, I remember LA that played. was insane. I, I can't remember who they played, but yeah, it was back and forth, back and forth. It's not like, remember Athens, you like, Scoring six seconds into that Ottawa game, yeah, the, or the overtime that was sick. Yeah, that's what I think of. Just absolutely, just balls to the wall. Yeah, so much fun. I love the Jets I, on. It, get the hell out of here. Now it's so methodical in the sense of it's really important to win the face off possession play, and yeah, I think there should be an over over and back rule in in that the shot clock, a shot clock maybe. Even yeah, like what what really pisses me off is when you have the puck. You're at the top of your the circle in the offensive zone, and it's a one on three, and you send it back to your D that just got on the ice and in your own zone. That should be a penalty. That should, in my throwing, opinion, throwing or like, it back, to, throwing it back to the goalie. Yeah, throwing it back to your goalie. Like there should be like an over and back rule, like in basketball. I'm game. I'm game for that. Yeah, you know, it's just something. Jeff Merrick would be all over that. I want to get Jeff yeah. Merrick on to talk about crazy hockey ideas, and that'd be that's a really good one. You should write that yeah. down. Mine I, is the mine head. is the mine is the power kill. My crazy hockey idea. So, power so have you, have you heard my, my heard my power or not my power kill? Jeff Merrick's talked about it too. Um, Basically, if, if you score on the penalty kill, their their power play is done. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So it would incentivize power penalty kills being way more aggressive, which in turn would lead to more goals either way. Because if you if you mess up a coverage trying to cheat on a penalty kill, power play is now a five on three, right? If that was a thing, split second. If, if that was a thing, like. Within the last ten years, Marion Gabrick 
and like well actually more importantly michael grabner would have be a billionaire yeah we made a lot of money <laughs> he scored he's he scored i don't know like 10 to 15 goals a year near the end and seven or eight of them are probably shorthanded one of yeah. the two years you know what i mean like it was insane yeah i think it was also like i think it was greg wasinski was like it was like a jeff merrick and greg wasinski like on the radio show yeah, uh, on Jeff's Mer- uh, Jeff Merrick's radio show, I think the talk- Wyshynski talked about like a power play version of like giving two minute majors in the sense of you could keep scoring throughout the whole two minutes on certain yeah. penalties. I like that too. I think, uh, I think the double minor, yeah. I, I mean, I you know like if you score, if you get a four minute, you, penalty, you get another three. two minutes if you'd score like the first four, but or the first yeah. two minutes of the four, but yeah, yeah, I it's think it's continuous, continuous, yeah, yeah, because I mean. Like there's a fine line in basically the certain call that dictates whether it's a five in a game or double minor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a fine line to it, towards it. I get oh, like a high sticking no because it's whether they draw blood or not. But like that could just be from a stick lift and you know different. It's situational, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's a really fine line to get into there, but yeah, definitely. I don't mind that. No. That's my it's our crazy little uh you know rules rant, I guess, of trying to improve the game and get some more scoring in. Yeah. Um I guess uh outlook for the week, like uh Montreal tomorrow night, um when people are listening tonight, but um then the Rangers again on Thursday. And then we do a Cal then so California trip. Right. But uh no back to backs on the California trip, which I think is nice. That's rare. It is rare. It's a Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday games. Big stretch, actually days off. Like I know there's a two day, there's a two day one. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that too. I'm like, that's crazy. Usually, it's never like that. No, and not, so not really, just for like, not just for the wings. That's just in the league in general. Yeah, yeah. Really crazy. When, Toronto was there not too long ago, and they went back to back. Yep. Yeah, they went back to back, and then I'm trying to think who else was there that was back to back because it was like they New went Jersey? reverse. Or New yeah, Jersey was were. Western Canada, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a same stretch, same, same idea. Yeah, same. Usually, I remember the Red Wings when they'd like were playing in the West. Oh. They do a couple of weeks out there because they would do the Literally. Western Canada and then they go to California. That was nuts. Remember, remember that NHL thirty six. Yes. thirty six hours. Nicholas, I just remember they're like, yeah, we averaged like four thousand miles. Of, like uh, the Red Wings, the Red Wings had the most travel in the entire NHL. Yeah. Just like, because oh, of because like, playing in the West and they had to take all like they'd vacationally like all right we're playing San Jose on Tuesday night and then we have to be back home at Thursday. Yeah, they're like crazy. Yeah, we uh, we averaged four thousand miles at like or no maybe it was the trip to Dallas because went to Dallas it was like four thousand miles there mm-hmm. and then four thousand back but still it was something ridiculous like that I was like holy cow yeah big and they're travel like, guys same conference yeah <laughs> oh. big travel guys now uh, yeah I'm looking uh, personally I. I think there's a out of these the next couple games here, even the end of the California trip. There's some, I think they're all winnable. Yeah, all um, winnable. San Obviously, Jose. the Rangers. The Rangers are going to be pretty motivated coming coming in for revenge against the Red Wings. Yeah, on yeah. Thursday. But, right I on mean, Thursday. Yeah. It's again. It's going to be a lot of win. Like San Jose's garbage. Anaheim, right, San Jose, not good. Those are the two that are, in my opinion, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't say must wins, but like must wins Kinda. in the sense of like it's must wins. In you the should sense of like, you should beat them. 
Right. Yeah. Not must wins in standings wise or anything like that. Cause it, you know, we're not Maple Leafs fans for your 500 and you're freaking out. Um, but uh, yeah, must wins in the sense you, you should really beat those two clubs. LA is hit and miss. Cause they, they, they can be streaky. They can be good. They, I mean, they have a good, I think overall they're a good team. They're a playoff team. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're a solid team. Yeah, and I mean, I, remember, I think last year the Red Wings lost like four nothing in LA. So I mean, it's it's a tough place to play for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then obviously Montreal, who's actually been pretty respectable early on, which right. wasn't really expected, especially with goaltending and stuff like that. Jake Allen's been playing really good. Their defense mm-hmm. has been pretty decent. Again, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough stretch, but again, it's it's another measuring stick for the Red Wings, and in, in the sense of these are a bunch of games that you, if you're what you think you are. These are you should win these. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm really excited. Uh, uh, what's that? Oh, you guys just mentioned earlier before Grant took off. Um, Wallman is he skating like no contact? He was, no, he was he was skating with contact all last week. With contact, okay. Yeah, I thought I think I he's, thought he's projected that. to come back sometime this week. So I don't know if it'd be tomorrow night or Thursday. That'd be big. Yeah. I, Again, you know, I I thought I he's saw been skating that, for a couple of weeks, right? I, I knew he was skating and stuff like that, and I thought I saw he was no con or he was skating like with contact. Sorry, yeah. Um, but I've been all over the place, and I don't know what's you're what's a busy what guy right now. You're yeah, a busy guy. It's, it's, it's not fun. No, uh, I guess we could to wrap up. We could talk about some couple of NHL stories. I feel like there's some a bunch of interesting things. Obviously, some negative things as well. I mean, the Bruins yeah. decided. The, the Bruins decided to absolutely ruin everyone's weekend and then immediately change their decision because the league <laughs> they didn't the league and them had no conversation otherwise but yeah um the the signing of Mitchell Miller will forever be a stain in Bruins history and I I hope that someone loses their job over it because it kind of seemed like multiple today, people multiple people because it seemed like Cam Neely was really saving face for himself today in his press conference and then Don Sweeney was pretending to be confused on Friday and saying he didn't really know if it was a good decision I don't know. It was definitely a weird thing. Uh, but yeah, obviously Mitchell Miller was signed to an entry-level contract. He was proven to be a... There's, I mean, there's plenty of cases. He was bullying uh, I, Isaiah Crothers Myers, I think is his name, if I'm completely correct. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not. Again, the victim... I, was, I believe it was. That's correct. Uh, again, but... he's a special needs... Um, black uh, kid that uh, Mitchell Miller went to school with and he was consistently bullied called the n-word by Mitchell Miller and then the most egregious one was to got a was a piece of candy that was rung around a urinal and was hit Mitchell Miller and another kid forced him to eat it um, obviously a very terrible thing and the family again did never received proper amends from Miller and until a Instagram DM a week ago when he knew the deal was coming was no contact ever. And that's pretty half-ass, half-baked way to apologize. So again, I don't feel bad about him not losing his contract right away. I think he deserves it, to be honest. Because again, he's shown no... As an adult, he's shown no remorse. And again, obviously, as a 14-year-old, maybe like you can understand... like Not understand, but you can see where a kid could make a mistake like that. Not like that, but could make a mistake. And but again, he's made no effort to change that his past. So in my until that happens, right. I don't really I don't see a place from the NHL, which 
again, I know Gary Bevan tried to take a high horse of being like, yeah, the league's not going to let him play, but also the league let the contract go through because obviously the contract went through central registry. So quite the play you're making Gary of a PR move, but whatever, definitely a, a, a stain on the NHL. But again, they've been really good at having plenty of negative stories and ruining them. I mean, IE the Kyle beach situation last year where they handled that really swimmingly garbage, the worst, yeah, game, it's... best, best game, worst league, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's, it's a shame because I mean, for in our experiences playing hockey, we've at least in my experience, I can't speak for you, but I've never witnessed anything like that. And growing up, um, hockey has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, like it's yeah. literally my <clears throat> majority of my life. So it's unfortunate that you have other people from different backgrounds that have different experiences and feel a certain way about the sport of hockey because I don't know, to me, like growing up is not knowing all this stuff happened, you know, in our own little portion of the world, it was the best thing ever. And like, how can anyone not like hockey? And then yeah. growing up now getting older, you see when you have, a, when you have a and, kid, when you have a kid like this, cause you're obviously a small town in Ohio, this kid is probably, if we're going to be honest, probably one of the best players in the area. And this is the face of local hockey. I wouldn't like it either. No, absolutely not. And that's the thing too. I mean, no, actually, I'm not even going to say that because it's not unfortunate. He did it to himself, but um, I was going to say he's a hell of a player too. But that doesn't matter. You're a shit shitty person. Shitty person. Des- yeah, shitty person. You're shit person. Yeah. You don't. You don't deserve anything. Hundred percent. I. I. Think <laughs> that's it was how, well said. Well said. Yeah, that's how. That's how I'm going to leave it at. But yep. disgusting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we get to more fun topics. I guess we're not fun for Red Wing fans, but uh. The two suspensions that came across this weekend of Matthew Kachuk and Josh Anderson, both being two games, then comparing them to Michael Rasmussen's two games is quite ridiculous, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Holy. I mean, the Matthew Kachuk one, literally intent to injure Jonathan Quick. Nothing. Whatever. Yeah. Two games. Slap it on. And then Josh Anderson literally almost murdered a guy. Quite a little. That was almost as agreed, like, from dangerous area that's a claw the mu ass kid oh that's exactly what i thought too we're yeah. like literally what i thought the unfortunate thing is is like if if uh i don't know who he hit i think it was vegas I, oh it was um it was petrangelo yes yeah yep yeah so if, if petrangelo would have got his face that messed up like draper how many games does uh josh anderson get uh two years probably <laughs> yeah he gets the book thrown at him yeah but like again it's just like it's almost like, okay, it's just two games. Like, I'm not really getting, like, any repercussions for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get that the... injury also, like, should factor in a little bit. But also, like, if you want to get rid of those hits, you should punish them more harshly. Well, and, yeah, I don't even know where to start because, like, there's no room for a hit like that in hockey You're ever. Right. And it's just, like two games how, how do you like how do you suggest that's only a two game i know he doesn't really have a, a long history of suspension it's more of an injury when he's missed games but i still don't understand like that's a three four i'd say like first offense is a four or five gamer yep if tom wilson's throwing that hit that's a that's a long one uh, that's yes that's a 15 <laughs> 15 that's, or plus that's a tough one um 
No, definitely. Uh, since we haven't or talked even, in a while, we... go ahead. I was going to say, even Brad Marchand. Oh, yeah. Another one. You know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I yeah, I don't know if I told you I went to the yeah, I did tell you. I went to the game yeah. in Boston and his return. I was yeah, I should have known that was gonna be a bad night for me. Right. Should have known. Um what other stories are you kind of following along the NHL again? We haven't talked in like a little bit on the podcast, so a lot of stuff going um, on. What teams are you looking at? Who's been struggling that you're really surprised about? Who's been a surprise in the sense of being really good? Um, uh, well, for storyline, one that we actually did miss. Um for the Caps game, Ovechkin tied Gordie Howe's record for scoring most goals in a franchise. And then broke it. And then broke it last night? Uh, yeah, it was a couple nights ago at least, yeah. Two nights ago? I can't remember. It, but it was, he broke it. Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, good for Hovey. You know, I like it that. Was cool. like, it was cool that he got to tie it in Detroit. Exactly. That's that's cool. That's, yeah. Like I, Again, I root for Hovey always. Like, he's a cool – He's he's such a fun player. He's so yeah, talented. He's a generational talent. I mean, it was only a matter of time, obviously, to beat like Ovi's one of the he's probably the best pure goal scorer of in NHL history. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And to see him still kicking it. And again, I know his like stat line isn't great and the Capitals are kind of struggling this year, but again, <laughs> as long as he's there, the caps will be relevant. Yeah, there's always gonna be a storyline there. And always I just, a storyline. And I you know he's gonna score I'd say at least 30 minimum. Yeah, he's money for 30. You could do that. He's in money for 30. You know what I mean? Like, I'd say, like, I'd even be, he's what, at seven now? Eight? Whatever he's. Yeah. Something like that. I was just looking at it. I can't remember. So, eight through 10. So, yeah, he's he's right around, you know, 800 goals. Or well, he's what, 100 and something away, too. He's got seven goals in the year. Seven? Okay. Seven and goals in the year. Yeah, and he's uh one hundred and quick math here, Garth. You're not very good at math. I think he's a hundred and seven goals away from Gretzky tying it. Yeah, that's what I thought. If I'm, that's so, just quick math. Don't nobody nobody fact check me. Okay, I'm right. <laughs> as of this recording, it's right. As of this as of this recording, it may be right, but my math could also be wrong. So again, right. don't. I'm not a math magician, so. Bear with but me. No, that was the one story. Um, another one, I guess, because I've been spending a lot of time on the Canadian side back and forth. Uh, the Leafs fans are going nuts over, like I said, a 500 team. Like it's, it's, I don't know, comical. Well, actually, something we should mention. I mean, uh, Red Wings legend, Red Wings graphic legend, Keith Petrozelli signs an NHL deal because, yeah. because their <laughs> goaltending is such a mess. <sighs> I mean, see, did you see how he went down? Samsonov, I did. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I thought right away. I thought it was the Brad Marchand penalty shot. Yep, it was. That's that that that's the only thing like that I could see. Like how he. That's where he like really because he fell really awkwardly, and I'm like, because at first glance, if you first watch him, like wow, he bit hard on that on that move. But yeah. then you look at it, you're like, Ooh, he, he like kind of like went down on his knee. That didn't look good. Uh, but then he played though. He played the rest of the period there, and that was early in the period. That was. The first five, four minutes, five minutes of the period. If I'm yeah, I didn't. Well, I, I was, I was blacked out of that game because I, um, I live in obviously the Massachusetts area. Yeah, so, Bruins land. So I couldn't watch it. I really wanted to, but I couldn't. Um, thank you. Um, but yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised about that. And then obviously they're down. Murray, Shalgren is decent as a third goalie, but again, 
him as a starter is a nightmare. So again, yeah. I mean, Leafs Leafs have plenty to like. I, I honestly like in this sense, like I'd be a little worried if I was a Leafs fan. Yeah, but up until that point, I went to, like, I don't know. You still have so much offense, and what's crazy to me is booing one of your own players like while you're winning a game. That's yeah. crazy to me. Justin Hall is not that bad. My, I, I have. He's getting the Jonathan I mean, Erickson treatment. Yeah, but Jonathan Erickson was that bad. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was getting, like, he was that bad, and whatever. But anyways, I have a lot of, like, one guy I work with. He's a huge Leafs fan, mm-hmm. and another guy I work with. Him and I are both Wings fans, obviously, and we just always tease them, especially when they lost. They got swept in uh, California. California, yeah. And he was like, he's like, they're not even gonna make the playoffs, you know? Like, he's just joking around, but he's like, I hate Justin Hall. But like, that's the guy you hate. That's your issue. Is Justin Hall one guy? Okay. Yeah. I don't, Whatever. Yeah, again, again, they always need a whipping boy. Yeah, it's always. I mean, it's always something like Nikita Zaitsev, and then it was before that was James Reimer and Jonathan Bernier, Dion Phaneuf. Oh, no, no, and then um, oh, what's his Gardner, Jake Gardner, Jake Gardner is another good one. Again, like <laughs> these are all guys that are kind of like perimeter pieces. If if like if that's your biggest issue, that's not an issue. Yeah, not an issue. It's, so, it's in the sense that it's like not a major issue, but it is like kind of a depth issue if you have that much of a problem. Yeah, with it. definitely. But like, yeah, <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't get over the hump, like it's time to start looking at the core a little bit. Like, yeah. Been there a while, and again, I'm a big Marner guy, but again, he really seems like he can't handle the market. He and... to me, the the last like two three years ago, leading up to about this year, he was one of my favorite players to watch on the ice. Yeah. Now this year, like this year, I think you you just nailed it on the head. The market's getting to him. The pressure's getting to him, and he um is pouting a lot. Like his shoulder, his body language is terrible to watch. And like I don't know, I can go on and on because like I'm very engulfed <laughs> in the Leafs talk, and I just don't know where to start. I don't think I'd ever end. But right. <laughs> he's just he's just tough to watch. When he's when things aren't going his way, yeah, he definitely pouts a little bit. Yeah, definitely pouts a little bit. Um, I I don't really have much else in terms of no. There's a couple of teams I'm really surprised about, like St. Louis is a team I'm really surprised how bad they're doing, and also Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh, I was listening to Chicklets, etc. Their new once a month episodes they have with um. Arm dog and Murley. Is it bad that so I like talking... that show? Is it I, is it bad that I like that show better than like the actual show? Is it you do? I do. Yeah, I I've kind of lost like interest in like the main show to be honest. Yeah, I I listen I listen to the interviews and stuff like I, that. I still listen to, but again, it's just like I don't know. They find I find them annoying at some point. Sometimes besides yeah. besides our besides like RA, like I can deal. I like I like RA a lot, but other than that, like it's kind of they don't do it for me. Uh, but I really like Merle's, and I really like Colby Armstrong. Is so funny. Arm, so I was Armstrong really... is un- unbelievable. Merle's is he's a goof, but I like him. He's big. You he's know? a big Red Wings guy. That's why I, I like Merle's. Yeah, and uh, but no, they were talking about Pittsburgh, anyways, and they said that essentially, I think it was the et cetera one, maybe because I watched, I listened to both of them last week's episodes mm-hmm. on the same day, right. back to back. But okay. they basically said that 
Pittsburgh's bottom six is just absolute junk. Like they don't bring the energy, don't bring mojo yeah. that they need. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of it, it's a it's a weird one, definitely in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right, because you can never really count them out as long as they have those guys there. Like obviously the big three, they're also kind of contractually locked into those guys. They kind of need to make it work. Exactly. Yeah. Ryan Rust has got some serious dough. So did R- R- Ricard Raquel. Rust, I'll take Rust. Yeah, he's not bad. I, he's I, 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 I'll take Jake Gensel. I'll Jake give Gensel? you. Sure. I'll, I'll give you uh, Adam Ernie and L- Zadina for lightly used, lightly used. Yeah. Uh, yeah the for, for, for Danny Rust. Kaiser. Well, um, yeah, is no, he still San in Louis- Toronto. Uh, yeah, I think he's in the Marlies. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, something. I don't know. Um, I haven't really been following his career trajectory this year. Um, but <laughs> yeah, St. Louis. I just saw Jordan Cairo got his first assist of the season, and I had to double check because that looked very strange on paper. Wow. They're down bad. They're they're not a good team right now. No. Um, it really looks like uh they made the wrong decision on the wrong goalie. Yeah. Yep. Billy Huso was that guy, and Jordan Bennington, without that support, is looking tough. And then he tries to fight Sorokin because he's a big, tough guy. Yeah, that, those uh, antics. I want I want him to get fed so bad. I there's, nothing to, I, there's nothing I want. I want more. I want Robin Lehner to get back healthy. Oh, he would do it too. Robin Lehner is an animal. He I remember when he played it. for the. Remember when we played for the Greyhounds. I can't remember. Leonard played for the Greyhounds. Oh yeah, I did not. Well, he's gonna, well. I know where he's going to goaltend next. Yeah, Toronto. Exactly. Yep. They bring the boys back together. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> loves his guys. Yeah. Confirm. If he's still there. Full circle. He's still there. If he's still there. But um, but yeah, I know if he were to get healthy, like I remember him when he was in the house, playing for the Hounds. Somebody ran him over. He was like a. That's when the OHL actually had tough guys. You know. Right, they actually had they allowed fighting, mm-hmm. and uh, he went chase the guy and was held back eventually. But I was like, "Holy cow!" And he like Leonard was basically the same size, obviously lighter weight, maybe an inch shorter, but he's, he was he's still a big an, boy. He was an animal. He's like six four, like two forty right now. He's a big yeah. dude. He would yeah, wipe he's... Jordan Bennington. Wouldn't he be close? Yeah. yeah, that's my goal. I want that on paper. I want that. I I pay that pay per view. Be honest, <laughs> rough and rowdy, <laughs> rough and rowdy. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's gonna do it for this one. I mean, the Red Wings uh could be considered one of those surprise teams. I mean, seven. Oh, they, yeah, they're seven, three, and two right now. Quite a good start. I mean, again, looking at it from perspective of start of the year. I mean, told me for the for, through through the first twelve games, it'd be at that. I'd be pretty pumped. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all on board. I'm on board. But uh yeah, it's gonna do it for this one. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh make sure you follow us on uh Twitter at TBL Pod. Um check check out inside the rink. Find our podcast there and plenty of good content, whether you're all Red Wings centered focused or your NHL news. Uh yeah, that'll do it for this one. Mm-hmm.